Before we proceed with today's episode, we would like to make a disclaimer that the first third of today's episode is not up to our audio quality standards, but as you continue to listen, the quality will improve. We apologize for this inconvenience, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Spine and Sprocket The insuperable gap between east and west that exists in some eyes is perhaps nothing more than an optical illusion. Perhaps it is only the conventional way of expressing a popular opinion based on insufficient evidence and masquerading as a universally recognized statement of fact, for which there is no justification at all, not even the plea that it contains an element of truth. During the last war, saving face was perhaps as vitally important to the British as it was to the Japanese. Perhaps it dictated the behavior of the former, without their being aware of it, as forcibly and as fatally as it did that of the latter, and no doubt that of every other race in the world. Perhaps the conduct of each of the two enemies, superficially so dissimilar, was in fact simply a different, though equally meaningless, manifestation of the same spiritual reality. Perhaps the mentality of the Japanese colonel, Saito, was essentially the same as that of his prisoner, Colonel Nicholson. And that was the opening of Bridge on the River Kwai. Bridge over the River Kwai. Right. Over? Yeah, the book is called Bridge Over the River Kwai. Our bridge, our book say over. over. Oh, I read the wrong book. You read Bridge <laughs> on the River Kwai. Yeah. I, I was wondering because it was it was a fantasy novel about orcs building a bridge. Yeah, no, that's uh, and they were captured by elves, and then the elves kept torturing the dwarves. And, and I wonder, basically the same story. The <laughs> so what? They changed the name for the movie. I have the movie book. Yeah, yeah, picture of, and you have like the cool looking book. Yeah, with a really cool looking. But it was written in French, so who, who knows what the. I'm guessing that's why, but I don't know. There's got to be a reason. The only thing I can think of is it's such a long title, it wouldn't fit on the marquee. So they had to take off a couple letters. Yeah, Bridge Over the River Kwai. Wow, that just throws me for a loop. Yeah. My book is from the Kingston Secondary Boys School, Stafford. Wow. Look at that! I know, isn't that cool? Did you, you and you stole that yeah. when you were a, a boy there? Yeah, I went to <laughs> to prep school in England, yeah. and yeah, it was vicious. Yeah. <laughs> have you read this before? Anybody? No, no, I have not read it. I read it in uh, like um, sixth grade, I think. It was one of those books offered in the Scholastic Book Club. Remember when they used to oh, hand yeah. those things out at school? Yes. <laughs> Happy day when like, books 50 cents. It was <laughs> yeah, so yeah, exciting. Yeah. That's when I read War of the Worlds and uh, <laughs> Jules Verne. And I remember days. reading Bridge on the River Kwai. Yeah. Bringing back that memory. Yeah. So that's why we're all like friends because we all like Scholastic. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Little. yeah. And all those kids that hated it, they're not hanging around with no. us now, are they? They're no, watching they're the not, playoff no. game. They're successful businessmen. <laughs> Somehow we got on the wrong road. Just like sports too. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. You know, wow. speaking of that Scholastic Book Club, I, I remember um, sixth. I guess it was sixth grade. Sixth grade was pivotal because they separated the boys and the girls. There were we had two For sixth grade boys classes and two sixth grade girls classes. 
and they were we were always separated. We would come together for certain classes. For sex ed? What kind of perverted yeah. school did you attend? <laughs> no, you so were always separated? We were always separated except for, you know, for science we'd get together and for English we'd get together, but because there was just the one guy that knew anything about science. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Terwilliger. But anyway, uh, it got time for the, the book that we were going to read, and there was a choice. We could read um, Kidnapped by Robert Louis uh, Stevenson uh-huh. or The Pearl by John Steinbeck. Uh, I never heard of it. Well, I didn't want to read Kidnapped by Robert Louis Stevenson. I wasn't a big fan of the movie. I was thinking of the movie Kidnapped, and it was just kind of, it was an old movie that they would play on Family Classics, and mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of a silly old movie. So I wanted to read The Pearl. Well, only girls were reading The Pearl. <laughs> so they were handing out all the books, and all these girls got The Pearl, and then all these guys got kidnapped. kidnapped. And so I got to the end, and I said, uh, I didn't get my book. Well, which book did you order? Kidnapped. <laughs> you lied? I lied. Oh, well, we have an extra copy here. Oh, good. Like, okay, I'll read. Oh, good. Yeah, I'll read that. So, consequently, I've never read The Pearl. Yeah. But I, I guess haven't either. A, I haven't either. Well, that reminds me when Laura was in elementary school, my wife, you know, they'd come by with those red chew pills to check your teeth. Oh, Did yeah. Did they do that at your school? They used to do that, yeah. Yeah. Red chew pills. And then supposedly... Wherever it stained was like tartar or yeah or, something like that. So it should show you where you should brush better. So Laura, when she was little, she got a little freaked out seeing the tar- and she felt she had to go home and brush her teeth down because she was so freaked that she went to the nurse and pretended to be sick. Really? <laughs> she picked her up. Wow. Her mom picked her up. And she ran upstairs and brushed her. <laughs> Isn't that? Yeah. Strikes me as one of those, <laughs> it's one of those young things. things yeah. Yeah. You haven't quite figured life out yet. Yeah. But yeah. you got an idea what you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to be lying uh, about the pearl right. and lying about being sick. Yeah. Hmm. School was fun. I, I remember them looking, checking your head for lice. Remember that? Boy, you know, now that, that you say that. They'd have a special light. Run their hand through your hair. I think you're right. Mike's like, Mike missed this. How did you miss that? <laughs> I went to the Catholic school. Oh, okay. Yeah, they didn't have it. That no was kids had like no the Catholic school. No yeah. Or anything like that. yeah. No. <laughs> they didn't even pay the teachers. We can't even afford. We can't afford those red pills. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And lice is fine. It's protein. Don't worry about it. Well, anyway, we have uh, we read the book and watched the movie. Yeah, and. Um, I, a nice opening about yeah. saving face. Yes. Right? What's his point there? Well, I think, I mean, I think the Japanese are, if you, if you have to have racial stereotypes, which this book doesn't hesitate in, in doing, <laughs> um, but, but may not be so politically correct today. But anyway, uh, the Japanese are all about saving face, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And you think like that is their problem. Right? Yeah. It's not presented as a virtue. Uh, no. Yeah, he's saying the British have the same problem. Yeah. Or virtue. Right. And perhaps all people. 
on the Earth, right? Yeah. There's a great way to open that up, right? To open a story with this observation about the soul. Because the book quickly becomes about a lot about that. Yes. Yes. It starts off like that, but to me then it it pushes off with that, but that loses momentum. And then the book is more about uh, individuals, um, individual determination and commitment and almost the... Well, you're right. Well, Nicholson's. Well, even saving the, uh, faith. Even the guys the of the Force 316. I mean, yeah. they were all really yeah, sabotage team. What were they called? Singularly committed Force 316. Okay. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, but I, but yeah, right at the beginning. So that opening par was that the opening paragraph? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I thought that was very interesting and. I was expecting, because of the year the movie came out, because of the year the book came out, I was expecting this to be an anti-Japanese book, but I didn't think it was. And I didn't think the movie was, really. Mm. I, I didn't. I didn't think so. I didn't think they were portrayed necessarily... Not that much. I think they were portrayed worse in the movie. I thought the book... I didn't think... Um, they weren't portrayed that much in the book. Well, they weren't they portrayed, portrayed that much, one thing, yeah, but yeah. I thought Saito was, I don't know, easier or something in the book, you know, somehow yes. willing to negotiate, somehow right. understood that he needed them on his side to get this bridge done, and he seemed a little more fearful in the in the book than in the movie to me. Yeah. In the movie, he was pretty brutal, you know, keeping, I don't even think, you know, in the book that Nicholson, that they had that... The whole box and hot box. Yeah, I don't think so. No, it's yeah. been a couple of weeks. Yeah, several weeks since I finished the book. So yeah, so it kind of and maybe like you were thinking, uh, the popular opinion at, at the time, and so the movie needs to be playing into that popular opinion. Was that the let's portray the Japanese as brutal, you know, bad guys? And I, I don't yeah. Know. But the but they both did not portray them as vicious as they were historically. Well, I, I mean, uh, not at all. Right, I think that's I mean, true. A little slap to the face, and you know, I mean, we know it was much worse. I mean, you yes. read or watch the film of the guy who was in the raft, and I reviewed it on the Ask Squad. Um, oh, right, uh, Unbreakable. Yeah, by hand movement. Yes, interpreted unbroken. Unbroken, unbroken right. right. Yeah, that seems much more accurate. Yeah. And, you know, because they, it was horrible. Yeah. But I felt that was toned out overall. I did too. I felt like he was being kind, a little kind. Although it was hinted fairly racist, and I got some parts highlighted there. But in the opening, when he talks about Nicholson, it was, I remember saying to Jeff, uh, who I got through like the first 10 pages, and when he talks about this order from headquarters to ceasefire a group of young officers in his battalion had planned to make their way down to the coast and get a hold of the boat and set sail for the Dutch and East Indies. Although admiring their zeal, Colonel Nicholson had hindered their scheme to escape with every means at his disposal. Yeah. Because, and I was like, what? Yeah, what? what's up with yeah. that? <laughs> right? I mean, he, he just, uh, I don't know, he, he just was... Playing, I, the whole saving face thing, or, or I don't know what he was after, his own pride. Discipline. 
discipline. discipline. It was yeah. all about that. Frank yeah, I guess so. Yeah. British yeah. discipline stereotype or yeah. true, some truth to it, probably. Right. But at some point in his training, wasn't he probably trained to try to escape? Try to go ahead and talk to that. So now he's going to ignore that, those orders, and I don't know. It just. Yeah, he was more uh, right. I think that's probably true. He was more determined, though, to to show that the British stand up well under pressure mm-hmm. and can take anything that's dished out to them yeah. and still do this great job. Yeah. 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 I guess I, I guess I can appreciate that part of it that they want he because to be in that situation to be a prisoner like that probably really. Hard to find a good reason to get up in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> except that you got a gun pointed at you. Yeah, you know. So yeah. to have another reason to get up and do something and, and you know even be proud of yourself, I can understand that. But um, so I, and I went back and forth on Nicholson. I couldn't decide if I liked him mm-hmm. or didn't. Yeah, I admired him at times, and other times I just thought it's. Nuts. He's, he's way over the top. When he's crazy. When, when, he, when the bridge had to be finished on the Japanese timetable. Right. And he went into the sick bay and that was in the movie, right? It no, was in and the, the book. book. It was in the book too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Went into the sick bay and rusted it out, you know guys that were <laughs> Yeah. That maybe, you know, weren't could have gone out and done something. But Yeah. His his uh his speech to them, you know, yeah. Aaron, you know, what's wrong with you? Well, I, um, my leg is, my left leg is missing. Well, you know, you can, <laughs> you, can, a flesh you can hold the door open. Yeah, well, and it, and the film opens with the men burying the, the young lad and um, Kanamatsu uh, is bri- they're bribing him to get on the sick list for the lighter. Oh, right, yes. In the yeah. beginning. That's showing the guys who are willing to kind of cheat the system. But those are Americans. They, yeah, you're right. Yeah, of course they're right. Of course they're such a we Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the first conflict is over those officers working, where he and Saito are, right, he's going to not follow the convention. Right, the Geneva, the Geneva Convention. Was, that was the other code. But, um... I think it was the Geneva Convention. Was it that? Yeah. yeah. I thought they mm-hmm. something else later. But, yeah, so again, that, that kind of represents him following the rules. Yes. Right, Nicholson. Uh, another way, if I'm following the rules. Um, and when they discuss escape in the movie, he quote, he says, uh, without law, there is no civilization. Right. Yeah, yeah and he was very concerned about that. Yeah. And I think that's why he wanted everybody to not escape. They should not be trying everything. It was an order to surrender. Yeah. We have to follow the order. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. He had because he had said we were ordered to surrender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And so that that trumps everything. Right. I didn't mean to say Trump. I don't like to make this a political (laughs) podcast. Yeah, his Majesty's subjects could escape. Not one of his Majesty's subjects could escape without committing an act of disobedience. So they had to stay put until a senior Japanese officer turned up to accept their surrender. That was from the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike had hinted at the political correctness of it. Of course, 
um, on page 20 in my version. And of course, of it, he was able to recognize and identify the various the various influences behind the words which fluttered from the lips of this chap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of chaps. Racial pride, a mystic belief in authority, the dread of not being taken seriously, a strange sort of inferiority complex which gave him a jaundiced, suspicious outlook on life, as though he were in perpetual fear of being laughed at. Saito had lived abroad. It really, I thought that was a, de- a description of a middle school teacher. Yeah. <laughs> fear of yeah. being laughed at, yeah. not being taken seriously. Yeah. 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 A mystic belief in authority. Yeah. I'm the teacher here. You must behave. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a, you know, a lot of that is true about the Japanese at, at times. Right? Well, at least the Western. Yeah, the Western view of the Japanese view of the time. Japanese, yeah. And we should say maybe this was written by a Frenchman, right? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yes. About the British. Yeah. Yes. Oh, true. Was the movie a British main? I mean, if. David Lean. Um, David Lean's American. No, he's British. He is British. British. Because the a lot of people felt it was an anti-British film. Trying to think of what I had read. Oh, really? Yes, they were not. Which didn't strike me at all as anti-British. Maybe a little anti-Nicholson, but yeah. Well, maybe. But but the rest of the British. If Nicholson was supposed to represent the British attitude and the British. You know, way of life than than making him that you know, making him look negative made made the whole all of Yeah, maybe something since, like that. Yeah, since he was the leader. Yeah, he was the leader. Yeah, he just kind of went overboard. Yeah, so you really have this huge. Uh, oh, in the book it says he's quoting the Hague Convention. Is that oh, what the, I mean? Oh, okay, okay. Although my film notes they didn't say Geneva Code, but I wrote Geneva Code versus Code of Bushido. Mm. Now, think about that. Right. In context of World War II, right? Right. Which is a weird thing for me to teach my students about World War II. The Japanese somehow had this code of honor that, right, is not honorable to us. You don't, in the code of Bushi, though, you surrender, you are unworthy. Mm-hmm. So it is not honor, you don't deserve honor, right? Do you know what I mean? It's this weird code of. Uh, it's I mean, it's they, the warrior code. The warrior code. Fighting to the death. Is, yeah, yeah, honorable. Right. Yeah. And so therefore, you surrendered, you don't deserve honor. Mm. Right, 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 right. And if they fail, you know, the suicide, haka, hata, hatsu, or harakiri, harakiri um, or seppuku. Just seppuku. Yeah, stuff you can't fathom as a Westerner. So I'm teaching my students about this culture. It's very hard to get them to see that there's honor there. Um, I do tell a story of a pilot uh, going on a kamikaze mission. His assistant cleaned his plane, and when the pilot came to fly off on his last mission, he said to the worker, you have brought great honor to yourself. Look at this plane. It is so wonderful. Your work is you know, honor to you. And the assistant held his hand on the wingtip as his friend took off, ran alongside for the death mission. And the guy telling the story 
in the century the film that he was full on, he's cheering up, talking about running alongside that plane. Yeah. The whole honor of you, just even the labor of working for cleaning is all part of this thing. And the students are kind of like, why would they clean? Why would they clean it if it's going to go blow it up? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not teaching the 12 of you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to get it. I get it. Understand, maybe, yeah. You know what? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's hard for me to believe they don't understand it almost because I, because I get it. I get it. Maybe yeah, a maturity. Yeah. yeah. That, that could 13 year old kid. Yeah. I think some of them get it. Probably some of them get it. Yeah. Did I, I ever tell you guys that I met a kamikaze pilot? No. I did. When I was on business in Japan. He, he, uh, he attempted to make a joke. Well, well, I know. I, it, yeah, it, I'm it, trying it. to think of one. Here's <laughs> one. Really quick. So he wasn't very successful, was he? Yeah. <laughs> He'd only he done him. the training. Yeah. And he showed me his sword that the emperor had given him. Wow. They also, they, you met they're, mostly, they're mostly volunteers. Yeah. Um, and so he showed me his sword that the emperor had given him. And, you know, I, I mean, I was trying to ask him, of course, he didn't speak much English, and so the, the uh, business guy, the manager that I was with, was doing the translation, but he, um, you know, he said it was an honorable thing to be able to die for the emperor and for the country, and he was happy to do it, and, you know, the war just ended before his his number came up, Yeah, he would have gladly got on the plane and... I, you know, I understand it. If that's a culture, when you yeah. grow up in a culture, yes. you uh, you adapt to the culture, obviously, and uh, that all is second nature. Yeah, yeah. second nature too. Yeah, where your whole life's been putting the the the, the we before the me. Yeah, you know. So, and it's all part of their religion too. You yeah, know, with Buddhism mm-hmm. and uh, Zen. That whole thing. Yeah. Yes, that all it all goes together. Yeah. And, and here's something to discuss. Um this part in the book, okay, uh Saito muttered that the colonel was to blame for the whole business, and then he abruptly walked off. At that moment Clifton felt inclined to believe he was really not such a bad man at heart, and his actions were all due to fear of one kind or another. Fear of his superiors who were probably badgering him about the bridge. Fear of his subordinates in whose eyes he was losing face through his obvious inability to extract o- obedience. His natural inclination to generalize led Clifton to identify this combination of two fears, the fear of superiors and fear of subordinates, respectively, as the main source of all human calamities. Hmm. What do you think of that? Wow. Is that accurate? Hmm. All human cal- That's a big statement. Yeah, I mean, I don't know yeah. about all human calamities, but I thought it was very... A very good observation, and I liked that Clifton was there because he he was kind of the uh, he was the observer in several sp- spots of the book to, that brought some of this and he this was stuff the, out. The foil for Nicholson, right? I mean, he was the, yes, sort of the sensible. He was, he was the sensible of, one, or trying like to be. the readers. The readers' view of Nicholson came through in Clifton. In I mean, Clifton, what, you know, why is this guy? cooperating so much and why is he so stubborn and you know you're going to get everybody killed and so yeah clifton's clifton was a uh, the voice of uh, reason almost yeah. like the voice of reason yeah yeah but i think that I, I think that's true i think he points out something really valid there most of us have a reason why we do things 
And mm-hmm. fear is, a lot of what people do is fear-based. And maybe that's how wars get started is fear-based, if you mm-hmm. want to get down to it. Yeah. We're f- afraid of the other people, afraid of people taking our land, afraid that we're not going to be able to feed our own, afraid, afraid, afraid that we're not going to be able to stay in power. Or I think people who want power, who are not really fearful, create the fear yeah. base to get their followers to follow right. them. Create the fear in their followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, more so. Yeah, And it's easy to stir that up and tell stories about the other Oh yeah! Right, the yeah. immigrant that's coming to kill us all. The, the caravan, car- the caravan, the <laughs> the enemy across the way, the threat to everything. You know, yeah. even economic policies can become. They're out to get you. It's us against them. They hate us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even like um, the war on coal. You know, remember you hearing about that? politics and you're like well wait is this really a war on call or do we have this issue that we need to logically talk about and come up with solutions right you know that's really but you paint it like that with a broad brush that they hate us and they're out to get us that's almost like the fear thing again yeah Mm -hmm. most of what goes on on the news is fear-based yeah, uh, especially Even when crime is so small at times and yes. it seems big. Oh my gosh! Right. Yeah, the ten o'clock news is just all fear. They they concentrate. You know, it might be an accident where three people, unfortunately, are killed, and they'll put a lot of emphasis on that. But in the big scheme of things, it's a very small thing. And Dave, didn't you read something about how, uh, in the big scheme of things? We're living in very peaceful times compared to, you know, historically oh, speaking. Yeah, that um, video clip of the casualties from war, and they click. You got to see this, Mike. It's okay. really powerful. Um, they call it the long piece or something. That with sixty million dead in World War Two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really, it's hard to. Yeah, you really have to keep it in perspective. Yeah, but right. today we're pretty safe. In general, yep. yes, yeah, and even crime rates, right? Weren't we safer now than back in the sixties? Yet think so. we ran around 60s as little kids. Were a violent time, yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, and we, yeah, and we they were. ran around with our bike, and we drove a mile on our bike to the neighbors when, yeah. when we were yeah. seven years and old. And there were Puerto know. Rican bombings going on. Yeah, remember the was it Falm or something? And they the, wanted the, the uh, group. Yeah, they they blew, bombed some schools in Chicago for Puerto Rican independence. Mm. When we were yet little, yeah. not to mention the shootings in all the cities, yeah, and the crazy rioting after King and yep, I mean, boy, that was crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think the uh, getting getting back to the book, these two colonels, Colonel Nicholson and Colonel Saito, they commanded in very different ways. So the, he's pointing this out. Saito commanded out of fear by using fear to get people to do something or trying to get Nicholson to do things Correct. based on fear and getting his own soldiers to do stuff because they're afraid of Colonel Saito. But Nicholson, he commanded based on his his own code of um, discipline and British superiority mm-hmm. and trying to get the lads to rally around him and want yeah. to work. So very different styles. Yeah, very totally different styles, yeah. 
Yeah, which again in the classroom, I, I, a coworker came in and said, you know, Dave, I was talking to a student, and they said this bad kid is not so bad for you. And he asked why. And she felt, well, Mr. Kleinschmidt just seems more at ease with the bad kids. Mm -hmm. And what it is is I just know there's no power struggle for me. I I no longer fear them disobeying me like I used to when I was young. I no longer pretend I have to always be right. I got over that pretty early in my career. If you're teaching like that, you know what I mean? Where you feel, oh, gosh, I'm the teacher. I have to be right. And then you make some mistakes, and then you try and cover them up. You know, it just doesn't work. The kids know it. So I tell them first day, I'm going to make mistakes, and these are going to be emotional mistakes against you. Perhaps I'm going to regret it. This could be mistakes in misstating a name in World Mm -hmm. War II. I get confused and confused. Yamamoto, you know, it's a it's a mind um, passing gas. I don't use that word. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, it's just a mistake, you know. And sometimes I may not actually know something that I'm teaching yeah. as deeply as I would like, and and may have been mistaught myself. So I, I have no problem with you guys challenging, correcting me, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And it took off so much pressure mm-hmm. from feeling I had to be right. Yeah. Or if the kid's going to be jerky, they just are, you know. So it's nice to be an older teacher, I think, is what I'm saying. And I'm less fearful of if it's crazy. I can I kind of know what to do. And it's not me personally. You know, I'm past that, too. Yeah. They're just kids. They're trying to get points for being goofy. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. But I still know teachers, even my age, who tend to respond with anger, 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 you know, which I don't blame, kind of blame them, but it's not productive right. as yeah, much as right. occasionally with some kids. But if it's a real bad one, they, they don't care about that. They like it. They, when they like to see you angry, <laughs> you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So some teachers are like Saito. Um, I think Who that's where be. I was going. Thank yeah. you for bringing that back Ooh. around. Yeah. Going to rule from... Really got angry, and we saw that really more in the film than we see in the book. Uh, right. In the film, he was angry often. Yeah. We could see how Nicholson was really rubbing him the wrong way, and he wasn't used to that. And it made him very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And And so he tried to rule even stronger and stronger, and eventually put Nicholson in the hot box to try to get him to bend to his will in the film in the film Mm -hmm. and uh, that did not work out so well for him and he had that breakdown that very short scene where he's he breaks down nicholson comes out of the hot box he wins it's it's agreed that officers will not have to do manual labor alongside the enlisted men Mm -hmm. yeah they're all singing for he's a jolly good fellow yeah and we see saito in his room kind of yeah falling apart and how, how did you feel during that scene well, I, I I didn't feel sorry for him. I kind I don't know if I should say that, but I didn't feel um, like he maybe deserved any sympathy. But I did feel like the passage that Dave read. I mean, he was he was afraid of his superiors, and 
we've all maybe been in that spot at some point where you just you can't afford to screw up and disappoint and yeah. I mean we haven't been in life or death situations like that but still in, mm -hmm. in important situations where you, you really you know you're you're going to try hard <laughs> not to fail and then when you have to concede something to that you know is going to help you but you know, your pride has gotten in the way. It's sort of yeah. like what Dave said. Maybe that's the way the younger teachers, uh, you know, are, are still suffering from from that uh, illusion that they can, you know, they can still uh, maybe uh, strong arm, strong and, arm and control and whatever. Yeah. But really, you need to concede to the fact that they're just kids and they're going to act this way, and it's not nothing against you. It's not personal, you know. Yeah, and don't fear for making mistakes. Yeah. Um, so the British are just going to act that way, and. As Saito, you better get used to it and put it to, use it to your advantage, which I feel like Saito in the book came around to that idea more quickly than Saito in the movie did. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think the book did was that way. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Dave? In that scene when when Saito breaks down and yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I'd agree with Mike. And then um, he does fire his engineer in front of his troops. Right, which again yes. is a thing you do when you want to save face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to sack the guy. Yeah. Let's do it as publicly as possible. Yeah. So they know it's not my problem. Right. I think. Right. Right. Yeah. I felt sorry for Saito. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I felt sorry for him when in that scene, and I can kind of remember this movie came out uh, in fifty fifty nine or something. Yeah. Eight. Something like that. And it was on TV. It first came on TV, I think, in 1960, you know, 65, something like that, on Saturday night at the movie. And I remember it was a big deal that this was going to be on. Oh, yeah. These were long films. These were long films. Yeah. And it was Those this really new thing, film, yeah. ABC's Saturday night at the movies, and they would take feature-length films and put them on. Uh -huh. And we, the whole family was there. I have four older siblings and mom and dad, and we sat and we watched this whole movie. And I remember that watching that scene and thinking, ah. even mm -hmm. I was like seven or eight years old. So I feel I feel bad for him. Mm. Yeah, because he's you know he was doing the thing he thought he should be doing, and it did not work out for him. And I don't like to see I didn't yeah. like to see anybody yeah. cry. And I think in the book he was portrayed more as an alcoholic kind of bad dude. Mm. I think the film was more sympathetic. Is that possible? Am I off on that? It is possible. Yeah. Um, they then have the, uh, in the film again, um, Saito oversees the building of it, and then that falls apart, and then Saito and Nicholson have that dinner. Do you yes. remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you can sense the power changing. Yeah. Right? Over to the British guy. And Yeah, Nicholson, Saito's just like, yeah, whatever you want to do is fine. Yeah. Nicholson, Saito, should we order some food? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, right. right. Uh, Nicholson. Did Nicholson end up in the hot box though after that? Dinner? No, no. I don't. Well, I'm, I'm looking at my notes. No. I don't think he's back back in okay. there. No. no, no, no. This was after. Yeah, there's. Uh, Nicholson says demoralization and chaos without respect to commanders. You have to have the commanders working. And Sido's given in, and he says, "I hate the British. You are defeated, but you have no shame. You are stubborn, but you have no pride. You endure, but you have no courage." Yeah. Right. Is that true about the British? And maybe so, but aren't those uh, still 
you're coming out on top. You endure, but you have yeah, no you courage. Endure, yeah, but yeah. yeah, but we endure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Does so is it useful to have courage if you're not the victor? Is it useful to but it's not like yeah, it's like Japanese courage is different from British courage, maybe. Because you're willing to go to your death. Yeah. 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 But stubborn and no pride. But the British were very prideful, I thought. Well, well, because that I guess because they surrendered and oh. you know they that's where they lost their pride, according oh. to Saito, maybe. Yeah, because that sentence is you're defeated but have no shame. Yeah. Stubborn mm. but no pride. You're right. He's yeah. tying that back into. Um, the and, fact and, that you surrender, and Nicholson would even argue with the fact that they were defeated, <laughs> because he just followed orders like he always does. Yeah, they said surrender, we surrendered. Right. You want us to build a bridge? We'll build a bridge for you. You know, we're not. You know, they're not defeated. He, but he's using his discipline. His yeah, it's a good point. That he was never defeated. Yeah, throughout the whole thing. Was he defeated? Well, I don't know if we want to talk about the end, but. Well, before we do, Mike, you mentioned yeah, you mentioned a politically correct thing about the Japanese right at the beginning. There was very little of that in the book. In the book, <laughs> right? The, the film very was politically correct. The film seemed more respectful. Uh yeah. I mean, because the descriptions in the book of the gorillas and the you know they they the I was reading this passage about the Korean century that looked like a gorilla and ooh. I didn't highlight that one. Yeah, so, you know, and, and the other passages uh, about the Japs, you know, and all that, it, it just, yeah. Yeah. It, this... It's hard to read a passage that you, it's hard to read anything that uses the word Japs. Yeah. Because you, you immediately feel like it's Slang. a derogatory term. Yeah. True. But but they go deep into it here. Uh, yeah, he, he did in the book. You feel yeah. like screaming at the sight of such inefficiency that they do, the Japanese? You know, um, well, now, he, you know, the, I can understand that. I, you know, Nicholson hates inefficiency. The fact that it's the Japanese performing this inefficiency almost seems like just, but it's secondary. But there's, there's the worst. To he the thing he hates is the inefficiency. He doesn't hate mm, the Japanese. Mm, he hates the inefficiency. But what he's doing is too. These people, the Japanese, have only just emerged from a state of barbarism, I'm reading. Yeah, yeah. And prematurely at that, they try to copy our methods. They don't understand them. They take our model. They're lost. They can't even do the job. Later in the – that's on page uh, 39, over here on 59. Um, they're what I've always said they were, primitive people, as undeveloped as children who've acquired a veneer of civilization too soon. Underneath it, they're absolutely ignorant. They can't do a thing by themselves. Well, they just kicked your butt and captured your rear end and threw you into a metal box. So I don't know quite how how (laughs) inferior they are. Yeah. They took a civilization from samurai to modern, defeating Russia, and then bombing Pearl Harbor, and yeah. taking over a huge swath of Asia. I'm not sure where you quite get off saying they're totally incompetent. Yeah. Um, then the other issue is, you know, that culture thing. So my culture likes tents, and yours likes big buildings with elevators. I mean, I'm not, it's, at what point is it idiocy versus... You know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. I, I the, the, the samurai culture barbaric? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. 
And so that's where I was really getting kind of like, oh, boy, primitive, they're dumb. I mean, yeah. you know, it's... it's it's, well, it's prob- probably now, they are the enemy. Yeah, I was going to say in, in any war, it's necessary to dehumanize the enemy so that it's easier for you to pull the trigger when you have yeah, to, right, and kill them. You know, yeah. if they're not the same level of human as you, then it's easier to do that. So maybe that's where his attitude is coming from. You know, and they never speak to that directly, but the uh, the members of Force Three Sixteen, that particular topic comes up a lot when they're talking about Joyce. Very good soldier, very determined, really committed. But they're wondering, mm. when it comes down to it, can yep. he do the thing that needs to be done? Yeah. And when he's got yeah. a knife oh, in his hand so and there's an yeah. enemy there, it was discussed. That was so interesting. That, that was the. That was the. Key, it was it almost was a, like the key conflict. At really, the end. was yeah. You know, and it, oh gosh, it just the ending of the, in the book was so. Shocking to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and then before we get to that, the yeah, one guy uh, yeah. escapes and he goes. The American escaped, right? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, he gets picked up by the natives, right? And they, yeah. he recovers and he drinks the bad water. And when he's doing that, you're all like, well, didn't your training tell you not to drink that bad water? <laughs> Where was that? In the book? In, in the movie. In the movie? Yeah. He's yeah, picked up by natives. In the book. There was no oh, American in the book, right? That, it's that the was... American who goes to the. William Holden. William yes. Holden, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he ends up with the British. And Bill the... Holden, as I he likes me to call him, Bill. <laughs> Bill Holden. So, um, and then Saito says, um, "What's the anniversary of the Japanese victory in the right war, Russo-Russian?" The, yeah. yeah. So therefore, we're going to have this big celebration, and um, Saito was crying then. I thought that was a little unrealistic, but and then Nicholson goes out. He checks the work, and the and the British guys are all goofing around in the water. Remember, this is when they're still trying to build a bridge under Saito. Yeah. And they're it's like, do you think the Japanese guards would just watch the British all goofing around in the water like eighth grade kids? That was a little a uh, little bit of a stretch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand uh, they wanted to not do a good job and kind yeah. of sabotage the effort, but well, it and, seemed and in the book you could. He could explain. It was more that, subtle. Yeah, he could explain how exactly they were sabotaging the the effort and and being lazy, and he could explain in detail the process. But then, it, how do you do that in the movie? You yeah. know, so they think they chose this sort of vehicle to to show that the British weren't serious about building this bridge in mm. the movie with the playing in the water and stuff. Oh, okay, so yeah. it's kind of a, right. That's that it's makes hard sense. to do it visually, right? As we've found out in this whole series, sometimes taking the words and putting it on film is yeah. You have to find a different way to say the same thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and so then that guy, the American warden, was that his name? Yeah, or was that? No, that was. Uh, oh, well, let's see. Who did William Holden play? Shears. Play yeah, Shears, Weaver and he? Shears of the Navy were the yeah. grave diggers at the opening of the mm. film. Yeah, and so the one survived, and he uh, gets his. They blackmail him into joining the commando Force units. Three, the Force three sixteen. Force three sixteen. Thank you. They give him the new L pill, which is the suicide pill. Is that the thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they parachute in. Right. Chapman dies in the trees, and the Thai women are the bearers. Yeah. And they look so lovingly at the men. Did you notice this? Oh, or there was this, a lot of that. Yeah. Was this just Making me? the, the goo goo eyes, kind of. <laughs> they looked lovely, and then they look lovingly at the men. And I'm watching, and I'm like, 
Hmm. <laughs> I wish I had a female tie bearer to carry my stuff around the yes. jungle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That was just for American Didn't they? audiences was that, in the fifties, wasn't it? I, I guess that's what that was. They're glamorizing that that race a little bit, but um, then they're hacking through all the bamboo. Some nice bamboo stuff going down. Leeches. Yeah. The leeches. Oh, I, I remember the leech scene really well from back when I saw it when I was little. Yeah. Watching them burn those leeches off. Yeah. I was just like horrified. <laughs> I think that's where I learned about leeches. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. You know, it was, the book, the uh, the movie was interesting because. It was. It departed from the book a little in that, in that the Force Three Sixteen were all British, in the book. In the book, yeah. And in the movie, there was a little bit of a change, and William Holden was made part of Force Three Sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big American actor. Yeah. I suppose this is Hollywood. Oh, he wasn't in the book. No, no, he wasn't no. You're right. Yeah. He didn't escape, and he didn't. There's no. Only three he wasn't of them at in all. The movie. I yeah. mean, in the book, there was only three of them, and they were yeah. all British. But, um, you know, this is Hollywood stepping in and saying, yeah. right, we're bankrolling at least part of this big movie. We need to have an American actor in here. Yeah. yeah. And I did a little further reading, and they said uh, Hollywood was concerned that there were no white women in the movie. Oh. Oh, And so right. they inserted that scene where William Holden is on leave. He gets the nurse. And he has that nurse, oh. and they're kind of fooling around out out on the beach yeah okay. just so that yeah there was a white uh, women women could relate to when they watched the isn't movie that a, isn't that a weird thing yeah wouldn't you hate yeah. to work in hollywood for stuff like that and there's no white women in this movie <laughs> we need some white women that's just weird yeah. it gets it's girl. weird but it and, and they think it makes a difference would the movie have been any different if they didn't have that whole believe, sequence? Yeah. If you were a white woman watching, maybe you would relate less. So you like you don't want to go, honey? You think it's 1965? A man's—he's got his fedora or whatever those felt hats were called, <laughs> and his coat. We're going to the movies, honey. I'm not going. There's no white women in that movie. <laughs> well, she wouldn't have known that yet. But if she didn't relate to it. She would tell her friends, don't bother. Well, and does that help her relate? I know, it, it, the 60 seconds or 30 seconds? Yeah. Uh, well, it was a little more than that. Was it? Okay. It was a couple of minutes, but it, all it was was her and William Holden rolling in the sand. It's like, well, later I'm on, going to that movie because well, <laughs> me and William Holden want to roll in the sand. Later on, <laughs> she's leaving the uh, encampment where she was with him, and the British guys are coming to, to make him join Force 316. <laughs> you guys say that so well. And... She's wiggling her hips, and all the guys fighting, practice fighting in the commando unit. Oh, right. All oh, stop and they're looking. Look. Yeah. Okay. That's a great 50s. Men kindness. are such animals. Aren't <laughs> but they? it seems so innocent and nice back in the day. <laughs> you can't get away with that anymore. You can't. No. You can't can do not. anything. And then, like, Warden says, you know, oh, he has the bad foot, but he keeps going on, remember? Yeah, played by the great Jack Hawkins. Yeah, Okay. Didn't know that Jack Hawkins, who I recognize the guy. He played the priest in uh, Zulu. Oh yes, the, the, that's right. Yeah, yeah, with the daughter at the yeah. camp. Yeah. yeah, they had to have a white woman in that movie too. Yes, the they did. They did. <laughs> that's right. That's a very good point. Like, why did they need her? What's she doing out was there that, in the middle of Africa? Africa? Yeah. 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 yeah we yeah. should do that film. Is there a book with that? But anyway, there's other books. Um, there's other topics. books. And of course, the American is saying, "I don't want to die like a hero." I want to live. Do you remember that yeah. speech, yeah. which kind of throws a different viewpoint on war? 
into the film, which, which I don't remember from the book. Which right. uh, and I, so I did a little outside looking into the movie. Mm-hmm. They said that that was that was part of the thing is they wanted to bring this other perspective in, mm. you know, the American perspective on all of this, which was the American just wanted to get out of it because it yeah. was madness. Right. Right. It was crazy. He didn't want to play their games. He didn't want to follow their rules. He didn't want to be part of their discipline. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to come home. Yep. Yeah. So it was it was kind of nice having that third perspective of of what was going on, or maybe fourth if you include Clifton's Clifton yeah. Clifton's uh, outside view yeah. uh, overview of it. Yeah. So then they get to the bridge, and there uh, there's a scene in the movie where they're all looking over the ledge and they're looking down at the Japanese yeah. on the bridge and was I the only one that thought of the Wizard of Oz when mm. they, they look over the cliff oh, edge at the oh, yeah, we right. oh, we oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah you were reading that book and thinking of the Japanese as apes yeah gorillas. Well, even here so. <laughs> they, they insult the music of the Japanese <laughs> this is, is like that, they knew is that, that the out of bounds uh, that's the out of bounds bell <laughs> okay sorry like, they're having their party. The music emanated from an instrument which must have been knocked together by local craftsmen and the hand plucking of the strings belonged to the European. And Ward knew the barbaric tunes of the Japanese well enough to not be mistaken. Barbaric. Yes. Barbaric sounds, tunes of the Japanese. They, those, they can't do anything right. Yeah, yeah. Culturally, I guess. But... And then um, the men go do the drag show. Don't you always love that scene in a war movie? Yeah, yeah. Where the prisoners dress up with coconuts for... Oh, I yes. I don't think they had that in the book either, did they? Uh, I think there there's was... There was Wasn't that where bras. this music was coming from? The prisoners oh. were allowed to oh, throw a okay. party. Oh, they were... Okay. A signal had been received. So okay. actually it was. Okay. But it didn't have all the detail we got in the yeah. movie yeah. of them doing the show and the d- drag and all that. That's the standard ain't ain't war fun kind of scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the midst of the hardship, and yeah, which is really, you know, and I I'm guessing, I'm not sure, but because that a scene like that is in a lot of war movies. Yeah. Yes, it is. So it must be that it happened that yes. that the soldiers uh, sure would did. look for any sure sort did. of entertainment yeah. they sure. could. Yes, yes. Yeah. and it did. as I watched it, even back in the '60s, I was I was thinking, wow, that's dumb, but. When you're out in the middle of the jungle oh, yeah, you, and yeah, you've been you've working yeah. all day, I'll bet it's great. Yep. you got to do something. And a man with coconuts on his chest is probably pretty inviting. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we're to the last scene. The commandos. Well, there's this interesting thing with Saito and Nicholson talking about, on the bridge pensively about life. Remember? Yes. Yeah. yeah, they're walking out, sort of doing the final inspection before the train's going to yeah. come through the next yeah. day. Yeah, Nicholson's lovingly looking over this bridge. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that was in the book as much. Not the pondering life together part, was it? No, no it wasn't. I don't think so. No. Um, and then, yeah, but they I, have a plaque on it saying the British built it, and the commandos place these charges on the post at night. And then at the end there... The water level yeah, drops. The, the, yes, in both the book and in the movie. Yep. yep, and it sounded like this in the book. River quiet down, the Siamese suddenly exclaimed. And as the light began to reveal the details of the opposite bank, Shear suddenly realized. 
the tree, the big red tree where Joyce was hiding up, no longer had its branches trailing in the water. The river Kwai had sunk. The level had fallen during the night. How far? Uh, a foot, perhaps? In front of the tree, at the bottom of the bank, there was now a pebbly beach still sparkling with water and shining in the rising sun. The moment he realized this, Shears felt relieved to have found the explanation for his uneasiness and regained confidence in his nerves. His instinct had not let him down. He was not yet going mad. The eddies were no longer the same, neither those in the water nor those in the air above. It was really the whole atmosphere that had become affected. Newly exposed earth, still wet, explained that dank smell. Disaster never makes itself felt at once. The mind's natural inertia enforces a delay. Shears realized the fatal implications of this commonplace occurrence one by one. The River Kwai had sunk. In front of the red tree could be seen a broad, flat area, which yesterday had been underwater. The wire. The electric wire! Shears uttered an obscene oath. He took out his field glasses and anxiously scanned the area of solid ground which had emerged during the night. There was the wire. A long piece of it was now high and dry. Shears scanned it all the way from the water's edge up to the bank, there with tufts of grass swept up by the current. And yeah, the river's down. And he's, yeah. he's sensing it. I thought it was very suspenseful in the book. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh yes. I thought it worked really Fair, well. Really well. The smell, something's wrong. And something's then, wrong, yeah. Yeah. And it was drawn out um, to a much greater extent in the book. This whole sequence, yeah. the final sequence with the uh, river going down and Force 316. In fact, the last know, 30 was, pages were all Force 316. Even more than that, I felt like. I mean, yeah. I felt, I felt the yeah, whole maybe second half, second of, the half of the book seemed to be yes. the kind of set Nicholson aside. They yes. established what he's all about, and then they went into the Force 316 and their mission and yeah. their motives. Right. And right up until the, you know, and talking about will he will he be able to able use to that knife it. at the end? Yeah. yeah. Will Joyce be able to do it? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was and, really well done in the book. And then... The river went down, which was, I remember watching the movie and in the book, it was just like, wow, that is bad timing for yeah. whatever forces came into effect to lower the river. And who knows, what? why'd the river go down? Did somebody yeah. pull a plug somewhere? And there were beavers it? upstream. Oh, beavers. Really? They That's dammed a whole other movie. Yeah, the I beavers built a dam. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think Disney Siam- did a whole thing about this. <laughs> the Siamese beavers. Yeah, the rascally beavers. Of, slapping the logs into The play. rascally beavers of Siam. <laughs> yeah, you assumed it was current, right? Yeah. Current, the, like the moon or something. Yeah, maybe it was. So, maybe. So then were the ending of the book, I never compared it, and the film the same. Well, you get the no. prisoners marching no. by again whistling the tune. How many times did they whistle the tune? Well, at least twice. Three? I thought two. Maybe two, okay. Just the beginning and the end? The beginning and the end, March across. I thought, you know, in my mind, that was all the oh, time. yeah, because you come away from that movie and it's stuck in your head for, yeah. for weeks. Right, right. Yeah. Like Lara's theme, I read Shivago and watched the movie. I couldn't get Jeff to do it, so we, we weren't going to do it for this show. But I, I did it. <laughs> and Oh, that theme went through the entire movie. It was all, and you, like, you made a comment, like, 
about it being too much. And my mm. memory, no, it's a wonderful theme. And Jeff, I got, I was halfway through the movie. I'm like, I know what Jeff was talking about. This Lara theme just comes, swells in yeah. out of nowhere and oh, swells okay. out again. And over and yeah. over and over. And I was like, yeah. yeah, this is what Jeff was talking about. But the whistling, they could have done more. But yeah. The, but the ending was... Was I different. Mean, absolutely. I, I couldn't... I'm sitting there reading the book thinking... Wait, was it different? It was yeah, different. You must have read the movie version of the... Because they didn't... <laughs> no, it's you the were... same. I didn't compare it. I forgot. I mean, they didn't was, blow up the bridge. It was so different. The bridge didn't no, blow they, up. No, they didn't blow up the bridge? No. Yeah, you're reading the... Here you, comes the train. Play. The colonel did not move. There was no time for argument. He would have to act the puffing of the engine. Blow up the bridge, the colonel repeated. Oh, yeah. They didn't talk like that. No. Right? Oh, in the book. Oh, the bridge is intact. Two men lost. Some damage, but the bridge intact thanks to the British colonel's heroism. (gasps) Right. Yeah, it was... was, So, significantly different. I mean, like 180 degrees. Yeah. But still, Nicholson was the problem. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did he die, Nicholson, in the book? Yes. Who shot him? Oh, the bomb. He, he died from the uh, mortar fire. The mortar okay, fire okay. from Warden. Same in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The Shearson movie. ran. Uh, Shears ran across the the river yeah. to try and to oh. try and kill Nicholson. Yes, was crawling. Let, let, let's go back a little bit. So yeah. the water went down uh-huh. in in both the the book and the movie. Yeah. Right. Nicholson and Saito were doing a final inspection. Right. Nicholson spots. Nicholson spots something that thought, hmm, that's a little odd, and he goes down to investigate. Meanwhile, Shears is looking out and saying, oh, my gosh, is Joyce going to be able to do this? If somebody comes out, is he going to be able to do the job? With the knife. With the knife. knife. Yeah. Nicholson walks out there. Saito. Saito walks with him. Yeah. (gasps) Joyce comes out of the jungle. Kills Saito. Kills Saito. He does that as as exactly as he's supposed as he was to trained, yeah. Yeah. He and did. then he tries to Nicholson explain to Nicholson. Joyce. I mean, this was such a huge thing for Joyce to do, both physically and mentally, to kill Saito the way he did. Mm-hmm. And he is just like numbed. But he's trying to explain to Nicholson that he's a British. Yeah. Gonna help him blow up this they need to blow up the bridge. Yeah. yeah. He's part of a British team to blow up the bridge. Nicholson doesn't understand it. And Joyce is shot in the movie. In the mm-hmm. movie, yeah. yeah. In the book, Nicholson just wrestles with him and yells for help. And then does he get shot, in, or does he get killed by the mortar too? In so the, then, in the yes. Then in the in the book, he gets killed by mortar fire. Um, Warden starts feeding mortar shells into yeah. the, the thing and kills them. All three of them. Kills all of them, yeah. Yeah. Because he has to kill his two guys. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to talk. Yeah. Shears is runs out across the river and is being shot by this time by uh, yeah. Japanese soldiers, yeah. both on the bridge and on the beach. So he doesn't quite make it and to that's kill Nicholson. when Nicholson says, what have I done? Yes. In the movie. In the movie. He says, and, what have I... In the movie, I think they try to redeem him by having him say that so that you kind of get the idea that okay at the very end he realizes that he shouldn't have he should have he's gone too far he's gone too far and he should have played a lo- you know he should have been on the british side yeah. and and be willing to blow up the bridge he accidentally falls on the yeah, plunger the right. and and blows up the bridge but then yes. in the book he isn't redeemed at all and you just end up like oh my gosh yeah. just 
the guy went too far. He went too far. He was crazy. How could he not be on the British side? Yeah. You know, at at the end, pride. Yeah, Yeah, pride. pride. Yeah, comes before the fall. Right. On the plunger (laughs) by the river. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Because I'm I'm reading the book and I'm thinking because I hadn't seen the movie in probably thirty years or Mm. more and I'm thinking. Wait a minute! The bridge doesn't blow up. You were only five oh. years old when you saw it. Yeah, that? yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I was so shocked, yeah. you know, that the book ended that way. So then I had to go watch the movie right away, and thank God the bridge blew up at the end of the movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I felt much better about yeah. this whole story. Though. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was just so depressing, you know, that those the two guys died in the in the Force Three Sixteen, and yeah. the bridge didn't blow up and oh my gosh look what i wrote after the end in the book i guess i wasn't comprehending something i wrote bridge intact colonel and alive yeah well the 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 book the style of the book was a little annoying in parts the fact that the most critical piece of the book was told in past tense yes right weeks or months later yeah it was kind of strange that way yeah Yeah. remember you're not supposed to tell you're supposed to show yeah, so this writing one on one. Right. Okay. Don't show it. Don't tell it. Show it. But okay. don't don't create rules for authors for <laughs> artists oh. because artists will break the rules. Do you yeah, know Pierre Bull was one day he was doing other jobs and he said I'm, I want to be a writer and he just switched. Is that right? Yeah. He just literally said I quit. He was in the army. A lot oh, of these really? guys were in the military. Oh yeah, he was in the military in Asia. And then he was doing some other work. The French were in Asia also? Yeah, yeah, because I read, oh, maybe I read my 300-page Making of the Planet of the Apes book on winter break. My son bought me for Christmas. Mm. Oh, wow. 300. And they covered everyone in detail. Pierre Bull, the whole um, guy from the Night Gallery. Uh, Rod Twilight. Yeah. And that's where I was like, what? Well, yeah, he just was in the military. He Did he write the Asia. script, Rod Serling? Yeah, and then it was changed by a Will, another writer, I think, Damon oh, okay. Wilson, okay. and based on the book. Mm. And but but yeah, he just said, "I quit. I want. I'm going to be a writer." Wow, that's went great. off and started writing. Maybe yeah. I'll do that. Did he? <laughs> I actually thought of you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So and at the end, I, Jeff, I was you sad. Just... I, I was sad at the end of the book. I mean, or, it was yes. sad, yeah, yeah, it was sad because the bridge didn't go. Wow, you know okay. these men. Yeah, because you really got to. I think I feel like in the book you got to know those the commandos much more than yeah. in the movie. You did, yeah. You know, because of that American, because of Bill Holden, it was almost you know it wasn't as serious. I don't know somehow as serious. You couldn't. He had that element of not caring and yeah, not committed, and so it gave it a little. I don't know, but in the book they were totally, totally, in, in, totally dedicated to the. They were, you know, to blowing that bridge up. Yeah. And, yes, they did everything they possibly could to blow yep. that bridge up. Yep. And, and, and they, they kept saying, do it. there's always going to be one more thing. Oh, yeah, you don't expect that you or can, something. That you can do. Yeah, plan for. There's always going to be one more thing you can do. Right. And yet, even though that one guy tried by running across the river uh, to do that one more thing, uh, yeah. gosh, it was just... But uh, David Lean decided to change that in the movie, maybe recognizing that a movie-going populace would need to have that yeah. resolution of yeah. the you know we've been sitting here for 3 hours you better blow that bridge up absolutely or yeah. we are coming yeah. for you yeah <laughs> maybe and yeah. and i guess pierre boulle did not really mind the the changes that david lean made oh really you know the okay. uh, by making shears an american 
in the camp at the beginning and then escaping and stuff like that. He said, you know, that was, that was actually, uh, that okay. turned out okay. I like the okay. way you did that. Yeah. Did that, which is unusual. Normally authors don't like the way Hollywood handles their movies. The blowing up of the bridge at the end was pretty cool. Absolutely. It was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And they really did that. How did they, they do that? They always oh, a real they bridge. Blew, they built a bridge? No, it was a cartoon animation. And they, and, they, and, they, and they blew it up. Yeah. In those days, they did that cool they had, stuff. That's how yeah. they had to do it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's hard to, when, I, when kids are watching films and they're old ones, I would tell my kids at home, this is for real. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah. isn't CG. Yeah. 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 They really are flying that plane, shooting, yeah. you know, blowing something up. Yeah. And some um, people think that that makes movies last longer. Like this movie, I thought, really played well. For something that's that old, I thought it was slow. Did you? Yeah, the book short, good. Yeah. Read the book. Yeah, the movie. See the movie. If you feel you have to, f- I just felt it was a little slow. Ah, Maybe interesting. My yeah, yeah, it was I a didn't. long movie. It was like two, two, yeah, two and a half. It, it should have been under two. Yeah, yeah. You didn't need the white woman <laughs> and the yeah. hacking through the bamboo forever. <laughs> but you got got to leave in the leeches. The leeches, you got. Yeah, leave the leeches. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, the camera work I thought was pretty average. There's a few nice shots. The sets were wonderful. The locations were good. Yeah. The waterfall was cool. Yeah. A lot of cool bats from? they got to fly around at times. Ceylon was it the location? I think so. I think in the credits. I think you're right. Now uh-huh. Sri Lanka. Yeah. The commandos, mm-hmm. I liked costumes. They actually had those um, knit hats at one scene when they parachuted in that my little plastic toy commando soldiers had. Mm. Ooh. Those little knit hats. I felt like the color was that, that garish, you know, 50s technicolor. Yeah. And it was filmed in Cinemascope, which oh, was, Cinemascope. Which okay, was yeah. kind of new back in those days, the very wide screen. Yeah. Is that like two and to one? Or, special or lens to film, and then I think wider, you needed a special wider lens. Wider than two to one? I think so. And okay. a special lens to project it. Yeah. Too. Mm, yeah. Okay. So if you ever see it, sometimes you'd see films that were not re-shown with the, with the lens. And they all look squished. Yeah, squished oh, together. Yeah. That would be yeah. No good, yeah. Yeah. Sound effects, the jungle sounds that were different from day and night. Yeah. Weird things. Binocular shot looked like a telescope. Was that just me? So some films, they have the two. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, you okay. see two windows of what they're yeah. seeing. Yeah. This was just one, which I guess if you're <laughs> focusing them properly, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting air conditioning unit. Yeah, the guy, the slave, <laughs> sitting oh, with yeah. the rope. Oh, that's right, yeah. That's how we used to do it in the South. Is that, was that your job, your first job? <laughs> pulling before, the rope. And- before Mike got into IT, <laughs> no. he was in HVAC. I'm talking about anti-bellum South. Yeah. Got the slave yeah. on the porch. And then when they did the ambush in the uh, on the waterfall, the Japanese show up and the girls are bathing. And right. Holden's getting his hair washed. They ambush him and shoot at him, and then someone throws like a... Like a big bomb. Was it the mortar or someone threw a hand grenade? A hand grenade, I think. I don't know. I'm like, yeah. well, that bomb, yeah, that won't attract the rest of the Japanese yeah. over, to yeah. Go yeah. over yeah. here. What are, you th- what are you thinking? I don't know. Was that? And then just stop and bandage your darn foot. Who, who was with that guy? Oh, yeah. That was a bad wound. But so he stop and bandage it. He, he made what? it home somehow. Yeah. And then did anyone else think for a moment in the movie, Barry Barry, they're just making that disease name up. No, I've known about Barry Barry. <laughs> okay, for a long time. I did not. I'm like, wait a minute. I am looking up this Barry Barry. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not good. It's real. Mm, Vitamin yeah. B1 deficiency. It's a lot of uh, diarrhea and stuff like that going Ooh. on. Yeah. But uh, overall, you know, I thought the, the filming in the movie was outstanding for the day. 
it was yeah. it was pretty huge. The locations were great. You know, some of those scenes. Um, there was a scene where they're in the hospital and the, looking out, and you could the see the camera pans. You could see the British soldiers standing outside in the yes. heat of the sun. You know, just things like that. Where they, when they marched in, the camera panned. The new the new prisoners were coming, and they were already wounded in the hospital. Yeah, the camera did a great pan through the windows. Of, right, all yeah. the wounded guys ran to the windows and, and it went across. Yeah, yeah, some really really great uh, camera th- scenes, I thought. And overall, I thought the movie was yeah. great. No, I'd say watch I it. I would watch it again oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, I've watched just, it twice, and I would watch it again. Yeah, just, it I would. A, I would for fast me, it forward a few good. parts. I think. Interestingly, though, I there is one one little bit. I watched this with my brother a couple months ago. And he was with me, of course, in the 60s when we saw it. So we were watching the movie, got down to the last scene. Alec Guinness says his final line, which is, which in the movie that we watched was, what have I done? And then he falls on the plunger. My brother turned to me and he said, that's funny. I kind of remember him saying, good heavens, what have I done? And I remember that too. It's just one of those things, you know, you see these different cuts of movies. I wonder, did they cut that out? Am I just... How is it that my brother and I could both be imagining that? <laughs> wow. So I don't know. If anybody else recalls that, I'd like to know. And on a on a side note, I was there opening night for Star Wars. And I kind of remember in the last sequence when Han Solo swoops in and blasts Darth Vader. And Darth Vader goes spinning off into space so that Luke can finish blowing up the Death Star. I kind of remember Darth Vader saying, I'll be back. No, that was, I'm serious. <laughs> that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, he he just said he righted his spacecraft like he does in the movie. But I remember, I remember that I remember him saying, "I'll be back." He didn't say it like this. I'll be back. <laughs> okay, Austrian accent. And he didn't say it like this. I'll be back. <laughs> he just said, "I'll be back." I'm just wondering if anybody else remembers that because mm, I, it's not in any no, cut of the movie I, I've seen. I don't know. Yeah. No, so. I thought he said, curse you, Red Baron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody believes me. Well, anyway, any there final thoughts? Are we good? Kind of long, huh? But yeah. movie and a book in one show, so yeah. you can't yep. beat that with a yep. stick. Recommended. Recommend mm-hmm. both. So let's see. And, what... and good for kids. Yes. Not violent, no language. No. You know, one of those good old kind of. Good old just death and destruction. Yeah, death, well, 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 you death know, and torture. You know. Right, torture. It's wholesome. It's still, you, you, you want your... Well, we just watched it when we were little. Yeah. 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 We're not warped. Well, no. Well... Except for Jeff. Right, yeah. Mike? We don't want to... <laughs> All right. Da, 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 da. Thanks for listening, everybody. To Spine and Sprocket. <laughs> Which I liked all that, except when they went into the extended part where they are. Yeah. And I'm like, what? This is not. I don't remember yeah, this. I remember yeah, that Yeah, take at all. that yeah. out. Take yeah. that out. We don't need that Just part. do the refrain. Yeah. We whistled that in elementary school. It's an old. Uh, we did. It's an old tune from. Around the, the playground. From World War One. Huh? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Spine. And sprocket.